Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel. No Jason Bonington here this week. He's having a much-deserved week off and... We will be taking on Cranbourne tomorrow night. Dan Malecki, I don't think Dan will be actually calling at Cranbourne. Uh, he will be, it will be Luke Humphreys calling at Cranbourne, but Dan is our most underrated, uh, our most underrated tipster in harness racing and form expert. Uh, Cranbourne, I've got some very unique stats, etc. As the boys are working hard behind the scenes here to get Dan up, he'll come down the line in a moment, no doubt. So, uh, good night last night at Kilmore. Some wonderful heats uh, for the Vic Bread size stakes, and I think big shout out goes to Pogasolder and the team with Juanita Breen on Raw for Roscoe. It was a it was a massive highlight for them winning last night. He's become a bit of a, a people's horse. Getting a thumbs up from the back. So that might mean our great mate Dan Malecki is there. Dan, firstly, mate, uh, how are you and where do we find you today? I'm in my home office studio uh, where I like to be (laughs) when I'm not at the races. Toby, good morning to you and hello, everybody. Um, Just starting to get back into the swing of things after (laughs) quite a a few days for a number of reasons. It's that time of the year, but... Also, um, I think uh, the Inter-Dominion absorbed just about every bit of energy I had through that course of the two weeks, and the Vic Bread comes up pretty quick on the back of it, as we know, because uh, we've had a number of heats this week. There's more tonight at uh, Melton, which I am working at, and, uh, and of course, through the course of uh, next week with the semis, and then the, the finals on, uh, on New Year's Eve, and sometimes when you get an opportunity to put your head above the water, uh, so <laughs> yeah. to speak... Yeah. Um, yeah you realise that Christmas is only a week away. So um, there's something like, there's like a finishing line, you know, that we've been working towards. So, look, it's been a wonderful uh, period. Um, uh, the Inner Dominion was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think in a lot of ways it exceeded my expectations and I'm uh, really happy for that to have happened. Now, I've got uh, some quirky stats for you, Dan, which will I'll give to you straight away off the top, right? Cranbourne Cup night last year... There was eight races. The leader of the races won on five occasions and ran second on the other three. So on all eight races, they finished in the top two, whoever led in the race. There was a Cranbourne Cranbourne Metro meeting throughout the year uh, where there was actually two of the leaders galloped in running, Kaivelli Chief and scooting around. I think you might have even called that meeting. The other seven races, the leader won five times and ran second twice. So at the last two Metro meetings at Cranbourne in the last 12 months, it's basically been uh, 15 races where the leader hasn't galloped and it's the leader's won 10 and run second five times. So to say that Cranbourne is a leader bias track, I think more so at the top level because the horses are so evenly matched and once they rock and roll that last 800 metres, it's just impossible on that last bend, which is quite tight. I think it all tracks outside of Milton, if we just exclude Milton, because we're used to racing metropolitan uh, uh, events and races there. Um, that is the case. Um, not dissimilar uh, for Geelong or, uh, or or a Ballarat. Bendigo. Um, yeah, Bendigo, absolutely. When it gets to the metropolitan level we're talking about, so we're, we're, we're um, 
excluding what happens in, in the lesser class races. Uh, and that is very much the case. Cranbourne's got one of those turns that is very difficult to come wide from about the 400, particularly yeah. if they're running good time. It's it's nigh on impossible. You've got to be many, many lengths better. So uh, it's one of the tracks where if you've got a horse that's drawn the back row, you need to be up there uh, or make a mid-race move um, because it, I find it very tough uh, you know, over a number of years uh, for horses to get back and win. They really need the race run upside down. And it's just one of those tracks that uh, it's far more of an advantage to be settling in the first few um, than in the last few. Best driver you've seen at Cranbourne? I, I, I was talking about this with a friend of mine and we yeah. just had the one person so far ahead of everyone else. Um, Chris Elford? Yep, correct. Yep. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yep, yep. No no doubt. He, he yep. sums up. He's had that much experience. He knows the track uh, so well. He'd been driving there for a lot of years. Um, uh, he'd go and been living at uh, Belinda uh, Way um, for many, many years, but he was making the trek over to drive for Jane and Noel and often at the trials on a Saturday morning at Cranbourne and he knows that road oh too well and that track even better. Now, one more question before we get into a break, before we get stuck into this, but uh, have you got the personal assistant there sitting at your feet? As in the four-legged one? Yeah, the four-legged one, yeah. Yeah, there's two of them and, yeah. and they are, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> I've got Sky, the Kelpie, and I've got Lexi, the... Uh, Rottweiler, and um, they love listening and talking and about harness racing, and you'll be surprised how often they actually pull me up when I put a, a step out of place. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Right, we'll get a breakaway, Dan. We're going to get a couple away in this half hour. We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back, and we'll get kicked stuck into race one at Cranbourne on Saturday night, the Wound Stud Pace. couple of great memories of Cranbourne Cups in eras gone by. Gamalite winning there beating Cop away. They went to war, the two of them, from about the 800-metre mark. They drew 20, 30 metres in front of the rest down the back straight. Golden Rain, he fought back. He was headed by Blossom Lady and Tigerish. He fought back and won. And, and of course, last year, Supreme Dominator and Have Horse Will Travel, who took out the uh, pacing and Trotters Cup. Dan, might have brought back some memories for you so, uh, listening to some of them. Not that you called any of those. Yeah, no, not on those occasions, no, which is great to listen to as well. And it was a lot of those were run, believe it or not, on a Monday afternoon. Yep, um, yep. It's hard to compute nowadays to have that quality of horse. In fact, one of the most famous or the most memorable for me, and when you go through the list of those horses that we've heard replays from, it's hard to top. And I'm not saying I have topped it, but I remember being... I would have been a 10-year-old at the time, and I uh, went to Cranbourne. I think I got a train and a bus or whatever it was that took to get there there was a giant crowd probably the biggest daytime crowd that i can uh, recall in modern day it was 1980 and it was pale face adios won the cranbourne cup he won by a big space the whole crowd was out there to see him and uh, he recorded his 100th career win which was pretty amazing at that stage yeah. of his career and the applause that he got that day, um, lasted, I reckon, for about 10 minutes. It was a, an amazing um, moment in harness racing, something that I will never forget. And it probably took until Courage Under Fire come along for a horse, at least in my eyes, to, to match um, uh, a pale face adios as far as um, uh, an appreciation and reverence by the, the fans. To me, my two favourite harness horses of all time, uh, Courage Under Fire and Obviously, pale face Adios led the way, and he won the cup in 1980. Wow, yeah, I was, I'm a bit younger than you, but I don't remember pale face Adios, but I do remember he won 108 races in a say. 
Uh, Kane smoked 120, Paleface Elios 108, I reckon, from memory, and what a champion he was. And uh, Great to go back on some of those memories, particularly from yourself, Dan. But first and foremost, we better find some winners. Nine races to get through. The Woodland Stud pace is race one. We talked about how leader-biased the track can be at Cranbourne, and straight away you start having to weigh these things up, don't you? Do you go off who you think will lead the race and win, or do you start looking at the best horse in the race who might sit parked, Hurricane Hustler, and is he too strong? Where do you head there? Oh, look, I think Hurricane Hustler's ready to win. He's put the riding on the wall, plus building his fitness the same. He's got gate speed, and you know he's a very good sit sprinter. I think he can develop into a pretty smart horse, so I expect him to win. Um, so, And Nathan Jack drives, and that's the key. It's not as if these drivers uh, go there and they're unaware of where perhaps they should be, often dictated to by the barriers. Nathan Jack's a driver that makes the, the right decision far more often than he makes the wrong one. And... Um, excuse me, I think Hurricane Hustler, I've clearly got him on top. Uh, he's my best bet of the night. So we're trying to get the uh, the Christmas um, turkey early, and I think we can, Hurricane Hustler. It depends on price now. Uh, I think Chubby Checker's uh, scratching uh, creates a bit of a twist, uh, Toby, mm-hmm. <laughs> for no one else other than uh, there's only six across the front line now and two on the back line. He was famous, of course, for that twist. very song. Yes, yes I, know, um, I know. I'm chugging cap- away here. Captain Wilson, um, look, he's got gate speed up to 2,080. It might suit him a little bit better. I think Valachi is Valachi. He's very consistent. Sometimes he's just unaware of that winning post is. Um, he, he charges on as if it's another 50 metres to go, but he does race so consistently, and he could be three back the inside. Um, Major Watson, for 150 to 1 winner last week, he always travelled really well, and I, and I don't want to underestimate his chances, but I thought the best of the night was Hurricane Hustler, and my tips are 3, 2, 8, and 1. Yeah, look, I, I thought Captain Wilson would lead in this race and, and hold the front. I think Kate might hold the front, which, yeah, brings Major Watson into it, but uh, Hurricane Hustler is clearly the best horse in the race, I think. There's no <laughs> doubt about that, and, and he'll go the furthest of them all as well, and it'll be interesting to see where he gets to by the end of his career. Race two is the Cranbourne fencing pace. And uh, this race is a little bit uh, different in the sense that it looks pretty settled. Polly put kettle on has got great gate speed, Dan, and it just looks like it's going to be put on for her. Yeah, look, she's the clear top pick here, Polly put kettle on. She really hasn't had much luck at her last couple of starts. And Often we can be drawn to little things that happen in a race to say that a horse hasn't had much luck, but she seriously has had little, little luck in her last two starts. Um, She should be winning this. I thought potentially there was one danger, and that might be rocking with Sierra. Uh, Change of driver, Cam Hart uh, drives. I just wonder if there could be, whether it be a different tactic or a different horse even, rocking with Sierra. She is third up, but... um, Polly put kettle on, will likely start a short price favourite, and I think deservingly so. Uh, I think she's too good. Rocking with Sierra, uh, changeover girl, heavenly charm, the other horses that can run a place, but um, she should be winning here. Polly put kettle on. Uh, I think she's had her bad luck for her entire career at her last couple. I thought Common Courtesy raced pretty well, Dan, through pretty significant races, going back to running a fourth in the $100,000 Queen of the Pacific. She's got a terrible barrier draw. Yes, gate seven. I don't think she can win the race, but I would have thought she was right up to these if she got the exact right run. She's a pretty handy mare, but what's it, 20-odd runs since she last won a race? She's often run well, but she struggles to win, even when she has dropped back in class. Um, 
I have been at that fork in the road a few times with her. Yep, yep, yep. And um, I've sort of, uh, yeah, passed the baton on. Um, look, she's got ability, there's no doubt, and I know the race is going to pick out uh, more recently, and she's run really well and she's run the time, but just thought barrier seven and where she might get to in the run, like you said before, unless she's up on the speed, um, it's going to be very challenging for her, and if Polly put Ketalon's in front, they'll be running some time, so maybe outside the lead is not going to be the place to be either. Yeah, correct. I thought Lady Lani's got great gate speed, trialled well at Kilmore, might get across and get to the front with that man, Chris Alford. And because it'll be a prized possession getting to the front and handing up to Polly Put Kettle on. And, and if he yeah. can get there, Lady Lani at $7 the drums, probably not the worst. She's got to run second, I understand. But that's sort of where I'd be heading to try and get some value out of the race in what is a difficult race. Uh, race three, we'll get through as well. The Elder Baron Park Trot. Very even little field this. And... There's a bit of pace off the front. Cullen will get out well. Gunning is really fast out, but it's been a long, long time since it won a race a couple of years. The class factor, of course, is Chinese Whisper and Swiss Miss coming out of an Inter-Dominion series where it performed so well, Dan. Yeah, and, and they're drawn the front line. Like, Chinese Whisper has been out of the draw and Swiss Miss likewise, but they end up on the front line, and Swiss Miss can certainly get off the gate pretty quick. Um, Chinese Whisper, it'll be interesting to see how it scores up. I don't know. Can you trust it? That's the thing. Can you trust it? Um, Chinese Whisper, it can probably win, or it can win. There's no doubt it can win. I just don't know if I can trust it. I think Coo Cullen's very hard to beat here. Um, I think some of his performances this preparation have been really good. And you said that he's got a bit of gate speed, and he has, and he, he's tough enough to sustain a bit of pressure. Uh, even if Gunning crossed him, Coo Cullen might well be able to get to the pegs anyway. Um Oh, anyway, I thought he was good value. I was, I was actually surprised. When I had a look at uh, the prices for um, the Cranbourne meeting, I'd already done my tips. I never go look at the prices and mm. then do my tips. Mm. I always do my tips, then look at the prices. And I nearly fell over when I saw the price of uh, Cullen. It, it surprised me. So um, I, uh, I think he's value, a bit like the horse you mentioned in race two. I think you can back him each way and he'll give you a great side. Cullen number three, I expect him to firm up a bit. Um, Gunning can go well. Chinese Whisper can obviously win. Um, just can't trust him. And uh, I think Copacabana will be the, obviously the hope of the Cranbourne Club 21 group, but she's going well enough to give them a real good side here. So three, five, six and two. All right. I'll raise you the hope of the Cranbourne Club 21 group. Naked Ambition, I had uh, Craig Jemison on yesterday. Uh, he's sort of been targeting this race on this night. He's been targeting Cup Night with this race with Naked Ambition. Uh, he was really happy with the run at Shepparton, and he said that that was better than what they expected. Uh, of course, broke last start at Bendigo, but he's re- he said he's really happy with Naked Ambition and thinks thinks it's going to give a great sight t- tomorrow night at Cranbourne. So uh, best of luck to Craig and Tony. And, of course, imagine uh, they ran the Quinella Dan, the Cranbourne Club 21 City. Get that, that'd get things going with uh, Capo Cabana and Naked Ambition. And there's one in later, too, that you might know a bit about as well. Yeah, the Falcon Prince, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I had a bit to do. Well, I, I brought him here, uh, the mother out here, Western Gretel, and... Um, organised the breeding of him, and he's been fantastic for um, uh, the Club 21 group. And, you know, they love their horses, and they've got a very good and consistent bunch of horses. And I think there's three of them that they cheer on tomorrow, and as you said, two in the one race. Um, The mother of that horse, Naked Ambition, is Starkers, and the owners have had a lot of fun naming horses (laughs) along the way. Uh, So Starkers uh, is the the mare, and among some of the horses that Starkers has uh, produced have been Naked Majesty, 
birthday suit, naked ambition uh, and naked truth uh, amongst some of them. But you have a lot of fun with, uh, with naming those sorts of uh, horses. And we remember we had the line of horses that came through Thunder Thighs with, with Derriere was, uh, was one of them <laughs> and Gluteus Maximus. And uh, I love that. I love when people put a bit of thought into it and they get a little bit risque, but with good reason. Um, so, and Naked Ambition is one of those. Yeah, there's some great names amongst them and some great people too, Jared Maloney and uh, Craig Knott as well. We've got to get to our final break for the hour, Dan. We'll come back off the back of the 11 o'clock news, mate, and we'll get stuck into the rest of the card at Cranbert. Welcome back, Friday form panel. We'll get stuck into it further off the back of the 11 o'clock news and uh, five races still, three races, so six races still to go. Interested in Dan's thoughts a bit further on. Uh, when we get to the Cranbourne Cups, particularly the Trotters Cup and then the Pacers Cup, and they're pretty big events too as far as uh, the Country Cups Championship goes. Torrid Saint only has to run second, a tyre level uh, in that championship with Demon Delight. It'll be tough for him to run second, but if he can get onto that three pegs position, which uh, if he's ideal holds the front, he is a chance of winning the Country Cups Championship, which comes with a $35,000 bonus, 15 of the trainer and be the winning owner. And, of course, Have Horse will travel four points clear of Travel Bug. More on all of that off the back of the 11 o'clock news. It's Toby McKinnon and Dan Malecki on the Friday Form Panel. For home, but pale face Adios out after the cricket for a century. He's flashing the tail, he's waving to the crowd. That's what he's doing. He's 15 metres in front. Down the outside, Hannah's boy battling on Jan's a master cane. But pale face Adios, listen to the mob go mad. This is history in trotting. Harness world trotting history it is. This is going to bolt him. Pale face Adios wins 15 metres. Mark Radium second, third. Was wins a fair and a fast Pale face Adios winning the ninth. 1980 Cranbourne Cup and uh, Dan, I f- was furiously trying to find that during the ad break, mate, just for you. Thank you. You could hear the applause yeah. from the top of the straight. Well, they lasted, I reckon, for another, by the time the horse got back to scale, scale then there was yeah. a presentation. It must have been 15 minutes, I reckon, it went for. It was, I'm not sure I've seen anything like that ever since um, on a racetrack. Uh, everyone just loved Powerface Adios. Yep. What a champion he was, and just just in your mind, a trotter, Maori's idol, beat him in the Clive Ewer. Yep. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? You know, it shows you how good and uh, um, Maori's idol was at the time. And I remember hearing an audio, actually Ron, I think it was, yeah, Ron Paps called it, um, of Maori's idol winning the Hamilton Pacing Cup. Yeah, yeah, of 50 metres. Yeah, and he won it by half the straight and yeah. beat a, you know, a good bunch of metropolitan class paces. It was a, a country cup, so the field's got to be strong. Uh, he was something else, Mary's idol. I, I had Brian Healy on oh, a few months ago, as you know, and he said that was probably his best ever run, that Hamilton Cup, and he just he just didn't know what was wrong with every other horse in the race. He just sort of, I just thought there was something wrong with every other horse. I didn't understand. It was He was still amazed by it. Imagine what time he'd run now on the oh, on the oh. current Hamilton track or any track for that matter. Well, he did one fifty six in a private workout or something at stall one day on the stall track back then. The old stall track. The old stall track. It's just... it's it's remarkable, isn't it? It's isn't just it? yeah. Uh, last week, our Inter Dominion Grand Finals, we all know, but 
uh, in the lead up too, I've, I've used many um, replays of older uh, Into the Minions through the course of some of my other shows. And yeah. one of them was Cardigan Bay winning at Wavell in 1963, field of 12. And uh, he came off a 24-yard handicap on a circuit that was hardly much bigger than your local football oh, oval. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he came back after injury, after uh, uh, looking like his career had ended the, the year before in Perth. And this is a horse that was trained in New Zealand and uh, travelling um, then was much harder than it was now. And um, it was it, that in itself is remarkable. It's a head-scratcher is how they do it. It's, it's, it's hard enough for the trotters to win off a 20-metre handicap nowadays. Now, race four, I'm not sure when you bred the Falcon Prince you had hopes of winning 108 races with Paleface Adios, but... I think, mate, at one stage after about 30-odd starts and he'd run about 12 places, I think we had a conversation in the box. I don't know if this horse is ever going to just win one of these races. Well, he did win one of those races, and he's won five now, and he's actually going really well. And I think he's going to give a great side in this race. He's going to get to the front, I reckon, pretty easily and give a great side. Of course, the danger is Our Lady Lara for Dean Braun coming off the back row. It was a dominant performance in the heat. Is that how you see it? Is just Our Lady Lara too good? And and is there a little hope Falcon Prince runs a great second? I think uh, I'm more hopeful than definite about the latter part of that. But I think Our Lady Lara, the way she won her heat, is clearly the horse to beat. The Falcon Prince, what he always did, though, was seemingly earn a check. He's often been in the top five. So... Um, he, he was frustrating. I think it was 32 or 33 starts before he won his maiden. But it, since then, in his next 17 or so, he, he's actually won five, including that maiden win and a lot of top four results. So everybody that's involved with him is, is having a ball. The mayor's now owned by uh, Ken Fulton. And the Fultons, they, they actually own Fortuna. is in the race after. But um, he's been a late mature, but so was his mum. And uh, really pleased that he's going so well. And at least he gets a good draw to be competitive. And if he doesn't go that good and his tail is literally between his legs after the race, he doesn't have to go far to get home. (laughs) (laughs) Ten, Our Lady Lara, the way she won um, last start, I think she clearly goes on top. She'll be close to a prohibitive uh, odds-on favourite here. And uh, then it was a matter of sorting out the minors. I've put in Ellie Joe, who won the other heat. Uh, Falcon Prince number two, the Falcon Prince, and number 11, which is uh, Storm on Star. So 10, 4, 2, and 11. Yeah, I spoke to Dean at uh, Cranbourne when our lady Lara won the heat. He's, uh, I'm often gone is exactly that. It's gone to America, and Willie Go West has been sold to America as well. So, And Dean's going to just, I think that's how he does things now. He's basically going to get these horses, win a few races with them, and then look to, to move them on to America where he's had such great success, of course, in particular with the horse Chartin. It was just one other one, Dan. Better be lively. It's been going well. Uh, Nicholas Brown's overworking for uh, Julie Douglas, so that horse I, I assume is is with Nick at uh, and and he'd be caretaking train training with it with uh, Peter Brownie as well. So I I, I think that horse uh, fourth up went really well when it ran second, and I know it's going to be buried away on the pegs, but it's a horse to put in your multiples. I'd say, mate. Yep. Yeah, that all makes sense to me. <laughs> Um, and it looks like there's a bit of value, or there could be a bit of value in trying to get your trifecta in first four as well. Yep. So at Our Lady Lara, just having a look now, she's uh, she's very short, isn't she, at $1.28. Um, but the next favourite in the race is is the Falcon Prince at $14. So <laughs> yeah. it gives you an idea of the openness for horses to uh, 
uh, to be able to fill the top four. Oh, I'd take the 280, the Falcon Prince, the place over Our Lady Lara, $1.28 the win. I, I just think he's going to lead. He's going to get away with it pretty easily. He may hand up to Our Lady Lara. She may park outside him. Don't think he beats her, but the 280, the place looks. And yeah, as I say, better be lively. Five bucks the drum. Might run third, may run fourth. Definite one for the multiples. Now, race five is... The better bet, Bruce Skeggs Memorial Cranbourne Trotters Cup over the 25-55 metres, Group 1 status. I didn't follow this up, but a learned gentleman told me, have horse will travel. He's the only horse that's won at Cranbourne. Of course, he won the Cranbourne Cup last year. He's had a wonderful 12 months, have horse will travel, but uh, I'm not sure he's in peak form for this race. It's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting race, Dan, where there could be multiple sets of tactics, all cashed up from the pole with a stablemate hopeful beauty in eight Will they run this almost like a cycling race as a, as a pair and try and the two of them work together throughout the I race? I think that's illegal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, possibly, Dan, but I think you know where I'm going. But there's all sorts of queries that could happen. Rules don't apply. Is going to go really well soon, and it just might be Saturday night. He's got gate speed. He's a better horse in front. Rules don't apply. When he's bad, he's bad, but when he's good, he was really good. He could bounce back all of a sudden for Anthony Croslin, and I am well connected to the stable, as you know. Oh, Fortuna and Sleepy come out of wonderful Inter-Dominion campaigns. Nephew of Sunoco could end up three-back defence with James Herbertson, and if he gets the run through at the end, he can be very dangerous. Nephew of Sunoco, Sundon's Courage, can win at any stage if he gets the right run, and, of course, Majestuoso is out and out the best horse in the race and comes off the back of a second in an Inter-Dominion series. Where do you go, Dan? Yeah, um, all plausible explanations <laughs> yeah. for every one of those horses. Um, <laughs> I thought there were two primary chances in the market's got it. Hopeful Beauty, I think, is in rare form. She's just savaging the line. She's improved a couple of lengths this prep. She's a good horse. Majestuoso is too on the back of a very good run last week. Now, they're both drawn the second line, and that's what I think brings in some of the others. Yeah. All cashed up's a very quick beginner. So from one, I expect he can lead. O Fortuna, Anthony Butt to drive this time. She can get off the arm pretty good as well. Um, but that just might help a bit of a genuine speed, and those horses on the back row are going to need it. Hopeful Beauty, uh, my top pick. The better value is why I want to tip her. You can back her each way. Majestuoso, I think he goes in as the number one seed. I think that's um, that's uh, that's fair on the back of a, a really good campaign. I think the, the Inter-Dominion campaign, he got better through it. In fact, his best run in the series, I believe, was the grand final. And, and that win prior did so much for his confidence. So he can win this, but it's far more challenging from the back row. Uh, it's a field of hard, fit racehorses. Eight from 11. And then I threw in, I shouldn't say throw in because it sounds like that I didn't care about them and it was a it was a, a, a Kino ball falling out um, of the Tassilotto machine. But all cashed up and O Fortuna, I'm not sure they can run third and fourth, but one of them will probably be on the pegs, more likely all cashed up. Yeah. And he can run a race at odds. But I could make cases for a lot of others as you have done. I probably should have put Nephew of Sunoco in as well for the top four and even a Sundon's Courage. So <laughs> I was more worried about trying to get the winner than third or fourth. So excuse me there, eight, eleven, six and one. No, but I, I, I know exactly where you're going there. After the top two, and I think it's pretty clear, I think everyone agrees, Hopeful Beauty, Majestuoso and everything you've said. But then, well, Travel Bug and mate, he's probably the one horse that's really thrown into this. But 
the rest can really run third or fourth. It's genuine, very open race. And I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Rulestone apply leads and, and throws the cat among the pigeons as such. Let's get to a break for this half an hour and then we'll come back the other side and continue our look through Cranbourne on Saturday night. It'll be the Aidan Gray Memorial Pace before the Decoron Cranbourne Pacing. Welcome back to Trot's Life and race six at Cranbourne is the Aidan Graham Memorial Pace and we're well on schedule Dan, I might regale you with a couple of tales here. Number two, Serge Blanco is trained by Stephen Duffy and driven by Ryan Duffy and he's owned in part by Stephen's mother Lorraine and her partner Brian Johnston. I don't know, you'd remember Brian Johnston. He's been in harness racing all yep. his life, Dan. He, he uh, actually married Lorraine off. Uh, he had a horse called Fast Fergus. It was only a really sort of a battling sort of a horse. Like a, 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 he'd win a claimer here or there. And he said, I'll win one at Mooney Valley. And she said, you win a race at Mooney Valley with that horse and I'll marry you. That's There you go. <laughs> And, of course, one night at 80 to 1, he drew, I think, inside second row, sat behind the leader, got up the inside at Mooney Valley and won, and sure enough, uh, they got married. He tells another story, and this is my favourite story. It, it, Mooney Valley opened, and Brian was living up at Kerrang and working with a bloke by the name of Malcolm Pay, and they had these two horses that used to go around at the show races up there, and they were really nice horses. Uh, they decided they wanted to see this Mooney Valley, so they got in the Zephyr, and put the float on and brought these two horses down to Mooney Valley one night. They uh, co- they had a breakdown on the way uh, with a fan belt or some sort of a belt or something, went and cut some wire out of a fence and used that to... No, it was a, a, a something ca- broke on it. Used the wire to fix the car off someone's fence on the side of the road, mind you. Got to the track, got a double, both horses won... Went back to Roger Dalton's place at Essendon, put the horses in the front yard, and the horses spent the night in the front yard while Brian and Malcolm spent the night enjoying the hospitality of Roger Dalton. Amazing stories from a time gone by, isn't it? Yeah, you can imagine them reliving that story over and over again, particularly when it involves a win or a, on the punt or with a horse. or, or, or Anything in between is no good. It has to yes. be a despicably bad story where you yeah. come home with nothing in your pocket or your pocket's full. <laughs> yeah, and Brian, uh, not of the best of health. And, um, yeah, so hopefully this horse can win a few in, in the not-too-distant future, in fact. So best of luck to Brian who I knew so well. Um, he, he trained at Croydon as I grew up and used to used to go to the trots with him pretty regularly. So best of luck to Brian and everything that's going on with him. So off all the back of that, Dan, yeah. I don't I don't know if he can win Serge Bleco. I think Sanday's gonna give him a great give him a great fright if he holds the front Kate Gath and keeps Serge Blanco out. I, I think Sanday's gonna be pretty hard to beat. Look, Sande will be hard to beat, but I, I, the more I see Serge Blanco, the bigger opinion I have of him. I think he's going to be a really good horse. I think he'll get to the top grade. I really like what I see. He had initially a, a preparation, just things went a bit pear-shaped for him, and maybe we got the wrong impression of where he was at. Uh, but his last two wins um, have resonated with me. I thought his run last week was excellent. They came home in a ridiculously quick last quarter, and he was terrific. Um, I think he's the best horse in this race. Um, I think he's still on the up. Everything else in this race is pretty much the level where they're going to be. Maybe a couple of others can climb a little bit higher, but uh, he's got far more upside. I think he's a, a really good horse, Serge Blanco, and 
I think he'll win. Um, Sanday, the danger, because he gets a barrier draw and, yeah. and something for, for Kate to fight for is, is to be able to lead on him if indeed he can. Serge Blanco gets off the gate pretty quick, though, uh, so it might well be a decision that um, that Kate will have to make. But I, you know what? I'm confident enough that Serge Blanco could still win without cover. Yep. I'd much prefer he ended up in the 1-1. Uh, but I think he's, he's, in my eyes, he's the best horse in that race and by a little bit. So two Serge Blanco, one Sanday. I think Radius is a pretty smart horse. He's another one that can get off the gate pretty quickly. And uh, and I think Kaki Nui is going to be yeah. in the right spot to be a place hope. So uh, two uh, from one, six and eight. Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to mention Kaki Nui. I, I agree. I think he's a great place chance. His last win was a while ago uh, back in May, or, or at least he won. No, sorry, his last win at Melton was back in May, and he beat Bulletproof Boy, Shorty's mate, and who in the end. He did lead on that occasion, and I did the Friday form panel on that occasion as well. So uh, there's a bit going for him around that. Now, the Cranbourne Pacing Cup, the Decron Cranbourne Pacing Cup. We've got plenty of time to go through this race, and... Again, Dan, there's a number of ways this could play out. He's ideal has led nine of the ten times he's drawn the front row. Yarra Glen was the one, or Yarravelli was where he made a little mistake. If he makes that little mistake, it turns this race upside down. If he doesn't make a mistake and he leads, Jullaby Sylvester is on his back at $21 and four sixty the place. Now, it's, it's a very pegs-dominated track. His ideal has to be a great chance of leading. And Jilhubi Sylvester can't go around with four sick of the place in the game, can it, Dan? I'll, I'll, I'll hear what you have to say first. You might be tipping it as well. But I can't believe it's 21 and 460, Jilhubi. And a horse that got better through the yeah. Inner Dominion. Yeah. Um, even its figure form probably suggests that happened marginally. But uh, his first night run was, was okay. His second night run was a fair bit better. And his third night run, it was hard to miss. Jilhubi Sylvester... Came out last week and he dominated the other horses that didn't make the grand final. He was terrific. He's obviously a much better pegs horse. And we saw with that third round of heats, he can find the line strongly as well. So he might well be in a a good position. I think you're right. I I wasn't convinced he's ideal would lead, but it is probably the favourite scenario um, because uh, Major Meister, I'm sure, will want to try to press on. And... um, and perhaps even Firefox and Bulletproof Boy. Um, with all due respect to Scotty Ewan, um, I'm not even sure Scotty knows what he's going to do until the green light goes on sometimes. I think Bulletproof Boy a much better uh, sit sprinter, but he has got that gate speed. If, if I, his ideal did pace roughly, I think Scott could very quickly decide that he could just push push a little bit for Bulletproof Boy to get to the pegs. Um, he's finally got a barrier draw, Bulletproof Boy. Um, look, this is a good race. It's a random barrier draw, that um, it worked. It probably <laughs> you couldn't have picked a better barrier draw, really, could you? To to even out the field and the chances in the race, there's going to have to be moves. Macdan and Rock and Roll do in particular uh, will have to make moves. I suspect Macdan would go earlier. Rock and Roll do uh, offer freshen. I th- I think he'll be vulnerable. I think that uh, he's beatable here simply because he will improve with the racing. Uh, and Mick Stanley will be obliged, I think, to make a move at some stage within the first half of the race, uh, probably after a lap maybe. And I think they would all expect he would probably make a move. It just depends how comfortable the leaders have had it as to whether a horse like a MacDan would want to hand up the breeze. I'm presuming MacDan would be in the breeze, but um, rock and roll do, he's going to have to produce something pretty big to win. And we know he's capable of doing it. I just think they're a bigger fish to fry. 
And um, if that's the case, uh, while he can win this, uh, all of those country cups in the lead up to the Hunter Cup are on the radar for him. So I expect he might get out to a pretty generous price, rock and roll do. It's not to say he can't win, but I think at the price he's at at the moment, it's unders. Back into a mobile, and I'll tell you one thing about Rock and Roll, he is a very good stayer, a very good stayer. Um, but it's pretty challenging around Cranbourne for some of the reasons you've given already tonight in regards to being up on the speed. Look, I I, um, I thought it was a, a challenge, but Mac Dan uh, coming through the Inter-Dominion Series, he was terrific bar for the final. He just never got into it. Um, Mark Pitt won't make that mistake this time. I'll stick with uh, with Mac Dan. He, what, seven or eight dollar shot of the Inter-Dom Grand Final, so... He can win this race, but it's pretty even. Um, I'm thinking that uh, Rock and Roll Do uh, can run well, but they might. He's up against a field of horses a lot that have come through the Interdom, and they are hard fit. Yeah. Hard fit. He'll come into this race with a horse that you know is going to improve from the run. So that's why I expect he'll be vulnerable. And if he does win, wow, how exciting is that going to be? He is the Victoria Cup winner, and he's not the sort of horse. He's not. Tremendously disadvantaged on the back row um, because he's not a horse we know for brilliant gate speed. But around Cranbourne, after a bit of a break, drawn outside the back line, when you have to make a move, it's almost like a standing start race coming off 25 metres. So yeah, yeah. It, it'll be some sort of a challenge. He's ideal, I think, the world of. I think he'll get to the top grade and he gets a good draw. And um, Angelaby Sylvester, for the reasons that you've given, but you can make cases clearly for Major Meister, who's up significantly in class. Um, Bundoran, you can make a case for, and obviously Torrid Saint, who ran second in the Interdom Grand Final. So it's a terrific race. First time as a Group 1, um, this time around anyway, $100,000 prize money race uh, lifted from last year, although it used to be hundred grand about 20 years ago, I'm sure, but uh, it's a Group 1 race for tomorrow night. So 11 MacDan, 12 Rock and Roll do one, he's ideal, 8 Gillaby Sylvester, and I, I feel like um, that uh, I'm uh, being a little bit insulting for a number of other horses because they deserve to be at least in my top four or probably going to end up running in the top four. It's a terrific field. Cranbourne would be wrapped with it. Yeah, 100%. Rock and roll do seven starts when he's been first up from for more than a month. Two wins, three placings. Was beaten by Better Be The Bomb in, at, in August this year at his latest little freshen up. So... From 12 at Cranbourne in the toughest race he's had when he's first up from a spell. He's never been in a race like this first up from a spell. And he's record 7, 2 and 3 from outside second row. Staggering, staggeringly hard challenge for him. How fit he is. Only really Mick Stanley would know how ready he is for this race. Is it his key target? Who knows? But I, I agree, Dan. 3.10 and fifty Massive unders. If he's ideal leads, as I said, Jill will be Sylvester off the leaders back. And I think Torrid Saint, Jack Law will go through the fence if that's the case. $17.390. He's got to run second to tie level with Demon Delight for that extra. Uh, so he could run second this horse. And what's the prize money for second? Uh, let's have a look. You might be able to get it quick, Dan. Second place prize money is 15000 but there's an extra 35000 up for grabs for uh, Country Club Champion Horse of the Year. And if he runs second, he draws level with Demon Delight, so he'd get, say, half of that seventeen and a half. So it's $32,500 for Torrid Saint to run second. So Jack Law, if he ends up through the fence and he, could, and he can rail through and get in a second spot, it'd be a great result for Noel Watson, who's a favourite sort of horse for a lot of people. And... 
Bundoran is not without a chance, was terrific during the Inter-Dominion series. Major Meister, Dan, what odds he wins next year's Inter-Dominion? He's got all the key <laughs> components. He's a Victorian that showed, has shown a bit of ability. He's now trained by Jason Grimson. So he's on the path for next year's Inter-Dominion at Albion Park. I'd back him in that race probably before I would the Cranbourne Cup. I know I it. Downhill skiing race somewhere in Austria would be favoured for at the moment too, wouldn't he? <laughs> Jason Gripson, yeah, he could he could train anything at the moment. Don't you worry about that. He, no, he's uh, done a wonderful job with those two horses and just shows what a change of scenery and a, and a change of training tactics, uh, techniques can do for different horses that have had ability uh, throughout their careers and shown a bit throughout their careers as well. Uh, let's get to the 11.30 news. Uh, we've only got a couple of races to get through. And then I, I assume, Dan, you've done form for tonight at uh, Melton, so we might be able to get some best bets off you for tonight as well, can we? Sure. Yep. yep. Beautiful. Why not? Let's get to some news and we'll get through these last couple. Welcome back. It is Trot's Life. Get involved if you want. 0499 736 736. Cam, Luke and Campbell Brown have you covered for trackside this afternoon. Race eight at Cranbourne is the Mark Gurry and Associates pace. And it's a very interesting little field, this. And at first look, I thought, she's a tough little race. But I don't know. I think there might be a little bit of value here, Dan. And I, I just wonder if you're going with Whiskey Cavalier, who, who does look the best horse in the race. But there's a couple of others in it at, I think, huge overs. Yeah, look, uh, Whiskey Cavalier, what do we make of him? <clears throat> Two starts, one terrific win. And one, he did just didn't want to be there, did he? But that was the um, Australasian Junior Drivers Race. So Kate Gath back, gets back into the sulky here. So perhaps um, it's worth uh, keeping that in mind. Mm. Cosimo's form, he's a sit sprinter, but he's tough. His last start, he ran third to his ideal. Um, and he made a move to, to pretty much secure that third spot. And you go back a few runs, and he was fourth to Torrid Sane in the race. He's odd. Oh, we might have just lost Dan. Dan has dropped out. So we just lost Dan. Yeah, just Cos- Cosimo has been uh, racing terrifically well. Fourth in the Yarra Valley Cup, Torrid Saint. Fourth to Rick Riley. Fifth to Like a Wildfire. Second to Rick Riley in the Gunbower Cup. And, of course, third to He's Ideal and Hector. Uh, I thought Lumbo Heaven. Uh, I'm getting a thumbs up from the back. Dan, he's back on. Dan, you are, you are up to Cosimo, and his form has been really good behind a lot of good horses. He runs a lot of top fives, but those ones in the column just don't appear that often. No, look, they don't, uh, but he's a pretty handy horse, and I think to a degree he drops a little bit back in class, so that's why I think Definitely. he can win. Uh, maybe Cranbourne. Cranbourne would normally be a track. It might be a bit challenging for him, but the smaller field, would it would help here and he's toughened up a little bit also it's a good opportunity for him to win so sixth cosimo seven whiskey cavalier with kate gath back to drive uh, i think lombo heaven really found the line well last start so he's the other strong winning chance uh, for mine at least and and mr perfect the horse that was named after you seven six one and two uh yeah thanks dan uh fair way from that uh what about the one lumbo heaven last starts run second uh, from three back the fence, they've run 153-1 home in 56-4. Has got a bit of gate speed, Lumbo Heavens. Had drawn gate one on six occasions for a win, three seconds, uh, a fifth and a tenth. Now, the fifth and tenth were at its uh, eighth and ninth start in the four-year-old Breeders' Challenge. So it's still only a lightly raced horse, and we're talking the, the New South Wales four-year-old Breeders' Challenge. So if you rule out those gate ones, 
It's four gate one since. It's had a win and three seconds. It's going to really appreciate the draw, Lumbo Heaven. I think it's great value, $8 and $3.10. James Herbertson, he'll be able to hand up possibly to no one. He may hold the front. He may hand up to the right person. It could be Kate Gath. I just think at the value, $8 and three ten, great chance of running in the top two and so keen on horses on the pegs on Saturday night. It ticks all of those boxes. Better Robin's a horse that's uh, going a bit better than its form suggests as well, $26 and $8. And even, uh, even Celestial Gossip, Gossip has just gone ahead of leaps and bounds with uh, Jess Tubbs him across to them. Race 9 is the Jewel Codes Kids Night Out on the 29th of December. Uh, are you going to be there, Dan, calling? I'll be there at the, the Kids Night Out on the Jewel Codes event, one of our favourite events of the year as, uh, as judges and timekeepers because we get to share what is one of the smaller judges' boxes in Victoria. We get to share that with another crew, the uh, Gallops Code, on this occasion. Yeah, yeah, look, I hope you have a great night. I'll be watching from afar. Being two nights out from the biggest night of the year, the Vic Bread Night, my head will be firmly in the form guide and studying my colours and the like in the lead-up to the Vic Bread, so you'll have to pass on. I mean, what it's like, but I've been there for that meeting and previously, both um, they've merged the Kids' Night Out program with uh, the what used to be the Tri-Codes, is now the uh, Dual Codes, and they're, and they're fabulous. They're wonderful nights. It's a great venue, Cranbourne, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. Uh, but it does get a bit tight on that night, even with, uh, well, it used to be the three race callers. And my, my I would all, I'd, I'd end up using someone else's gear because it was just too difficult to keep taking, um, changing gear and binoculars and the like. And my eyes are so used to my uh, Carl Zeiss that I, I can't see um, properly out of the others. <laughs> it does uh, tricks to my eyes. So yeah, 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 yeah. I often found myself just calling with the naked eye a trot race there. So it's not as comfortable as you might think. It's enjoyable and I love catching up with people from all of the other codes. But my suggestion to everyone or the other race callers was that I call the first two or three from the gallops, the trots and the greyhounds and then I either get to indulge or go home. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. they, um, they weren't of the same... Um, uh, uh, on the same page as me when it come to that. I thought I was trying to make it easier for everyone. But nonetheless, it was enjoyable just the same. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, they're tricky nights uh, for the people behind the scenes like us that people don't think about as such, just changing over and everything. But well worth it as there'll be a big crowd there and have a lot of kids' activities and lots of entertainment throughout the night. And, of course, it is dual codes as there's no greyhounds uh, racing at Cranbourne at the moment. So it certainly couldn't be tri codes unless we got some camels or something to race as well, which. Pal Super Dogs. Yeah. Or Do the you remember them? Dogs. They yeah. were great. Yeah, they yeah. were fantastic. Well, yeah. they used to have them on the Cranbourne Cups on the Mondays. Yeah. Mm. Do you remember that when they used yeah, to Yeah, I do. I would have front? called a number of them and yeah. they were <laughs> so entertaining, fascinating and so entertaining. The crowd the crowd loved them. <laughs> they, did. they should get back again. Right, now, this race, uh, off the back of the Into Dominion, you'd sort of think Jason Grimson would still be celebrating, Dan. You, you would think so, although I'd, I'd never saw him smile, so <laughs> put that one <laughs> on the shelf just for the minute. But... Um, this horse, uh, he looks clearly above his opposition. He's got good gate speed, can run time, and um, I think he'll end up starting a really short price favourite here. Um, just for the record, Jeremy Wells, uh, fr- uh, over the over the odds, might be one that can run a drum here. But if Celebrating's in front, running a bit of time over the mile uh, on the pegs, Al Boston's the only one that could yeah. probably have anything to do with that because he is such a quick beginner, Al Boston. And Michelle Phillips... Um, 
she can be pretty aggressive when she wants uh, to. If she wants to hold up, she might be able to here, and that's probably the only fly in the ointment with celebrating. But like I've said before, when a fly gets into ointment, it's not, not as if they can't move. They're restricted a little bit, but I think we've all seen it before. They can still sort of move through the ointment. So um, a bit like celebrating, he might just be too classy here. Four, five, six, and three. Bit like the um, mouse in the cup of milk, is it? From uh, what is that? Uh, the green mile? No, it's not the green mile. It's the one where he flies around. Or it's about the guy that pretends to be the pilot. Uh, yeah, I can see it. Uh, it's about a true story about the uh, he was he was he got charged with fraud and someone someone will know. And his dad says you're you're a, you're like a mite, you're like a mouse in a cup of milk, and just keep churning, and you turn that that milk into butter, and then you can stand on the butter and get out of the cup. That was what I was going. It's not my best one anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had this race worked out. Celebrating will end up working to the front or sitting outside El Boston, who's got great gate speed. It's clearly a great chance of running second. I thought Jeremy Wells and over the odds are pretty good chances of running a place. And uh, best of luck to me, good mate, Jeffrey Clout, who has tired Wonder back up and racing. I don't think it'll be her turn this week, but uh, she'll find an easier race over the coming weeks and will bob up at odds. So uh, was in distinct uh, unity with you on that one, Dan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not a difficult night to find something that you like. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's an easy night that we'll just get winner after winner, but it wasn't a difficult night to come up with horses that I was quite keen on. Uh, there's a number of races there. One of those nights, which are always, always a trap, when you can think you can add a couple of horses into your all-ups, like a, a Polly put pedal, uh, kettle on and, and also a celebrating, which are short price favourites. But you just look for that little bit extra, don't you, when you're putting your um, your all-ups on. So I think it's a, quite an attractive betting card. A bit harder to come up with value, but probably... Probably the races that offer the best value will be the two features, the uh, the Bruce Gegg's uh, Cranbourne Trotters Cup and the Decron Pacing Cup. A break and we'll come back and we might have a bit of a look through the races at Melton tonight as you'll be there, no doubt. You've done some work as you have to uh, tip <laughs> for the night on the TAB and there's some really, really good horses uh, going around that we'll, uh, we'll be able to... Have a look at for the Vic Bread Super Series uh, as my panel operator. He's head down. We'll get to a break, Ollie, and come back the other side and we'll have a look at Melton. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, second mouse. That is... Frank Abignali off uh, Catch Me If You Can. And thank you to phone number that ends in 344 for the text machine. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, uh, good reference, they said. Dan, that was the quote I was trying to get out. And it was the iconic voice of Christopher Walken. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay, very good. I'm glad you were able to find it, put it into perspective. But also, it's a classic line. And whenever Christopher Walken mentions a classic line, (laughs) you then don't forget it, do you? (laughs) Well, well, I sort of did, but I sort of remembered it. I I remembered it well enough anyway, but uh, the principle of it. I can't even remember what we were talking about when it came to that. Uh, Melton tonight, mate. Uh, You've got a beautiful set of 10 races. The last race is at 10.33, which I know will be your favourite of the night. But before we get to that, uh, have you got some best bets for us? 
What have you there got? are a lot of shorties on the card. Yeah. There's certainly a lot of highlights. Um, obviously, uh, Tough Tilly, $1.06 or whatever she is, but she's in race three, horse number three. Um, should be winning. Uh, the fourth, Soho Broadway, I think, is the best value of all the shorties. Race four, number two. In the fifth event, Tay-Tay Short here. I wonder if Doug's babe can yeah. give her a run for yeah. her money. Yeah. Um, I, I think... Uh, she is a backable enough price. Did you see Tay-Tay's last run at Mildura? Uh, yes, and um, I spoke to Alex Ashwood about it, and he just, he just, I think he just had a moment where he thought, oh, I'll be right here, and then he thought, hang on a sec, I'm going to get stuck. And his heart sunk. His, his, <laughs> his heart was in his guts, and uh, it was a sickening, sickening watch if you'd taken the $1.04 or whatever it was. He got the money. He got the money, yep. but uh, just. only just. Then. It was hard work if you took oh. the short odds. It reminded me of going somewhere. I'm sure we've all done it at some stage in our life. Walked into a room or a bathroom or a toilet or just a room you're not even sure where you're going to, and the door wedges behind you and it jams and you can't get out. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> happened to Alex but he got the money eventually he got out and that's all he had to do but um, that is a, a terrific race one of the races I'm really looking forward to is the Major Moth Naratak Prince I've tipped Major Moth as my best bet but he has firmed up now uh, he was so impressive last week so that's race six race seven uh, Blitzen's come out here so number two Blitzen's are scratching but Ooh, wow. uh, Oh, there we hang go. On. Not, got... ha- not happy with Blitzen taken out. No, no. Money back. What's that? No, there, there are deductions, Lex. There are deductions. That's cool. So, um, yeah, not happy at all. Sorry, I should have told you earlier. Um, <laughs> so Longfellow, uh, he's looking the horse to beat from barrier number one in that particular race. I'll tell you who's value in it, though, is Spring in his step number five. Yeah, he's an um, horse. He's a much better horse than maybe his figure form or even the price is suggesting he should be. Uh, race eight, um, this is probably the highlight of the night, isn't it? Act Now and, and Better Eclipse. Um, on the back of what we saw of Act Now through the end of the Minion, he'll right, rightfully be the favourite. I thought Better Eclipse was pretty good in the grand final as well. So um, that is uh, probably the number. Oh, I reckon we've lost Dan again. Uh, some dramas with the phone line. I find it's, I'm not sure, I was going to ask this of Dan, but Act Now and Better Eclipse have gone through an Inter-Dominion series as Dan's back yet. Now, Dan, you you were talking about Act Now and Better Eclipse. I'm not sure horses come out of Inter-Dominion series and really should be going into a Victorian-sized stakes. I'm not really, I'm not there yet in my mind that I'm comfortable that that is what the Victorian size stakes is about? Um, it probably comes up a bit quicker than most of us would have thought. And I know um, Harness Race Australia having talks with uh, Harness Racing Victoria and Stephen Bell about um, where the Vic bread may well lie in the future. Um, I think more so with the four-year-olds. Uh, so there's a bit more to come on that um, soon. Um, but then again, from my perspective, from a, a parochial Victorian um, from uh, uh, a point of view which is a selfish one, uh, I want to see our best horses. And um, the Inner Dominion, uh, we we had, um, and then we've got our Vic Brett. Next year, what happens, right, is these four-year-olds, say an act now, major moth, better eclipse. If we've got the Vic Brett here, there is an option that they stay here for the Vic Brett. Or if they want to go to the Inner Dominion in Brisbane, they go. But uh, if that's the case, it will rob us 
of our best four-year-olds as well. So um, I think we get the best of both worlds, and I'm okay with that. They're hard, resilient, fit horses. They're four-year-olds. They're not two-year-olds, remember. These are four-year-olds. So I don't have as big a problem with it, but the ones that would and should have a problem with it, and if they do, they need to say something, are the trainers. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I've got one request for you tonight uh, in the commentating. Mm -hmm. It comes up in race nine. Uh Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I've just left the building. Um, all shook up. I'll, uh, I'll I'll see how we go there. That's actually a pretty good race, isn't it? You can make a case for nearly every horse in that race, but Pacifico Dream's going to run the favourite, of course. Uh huh. All right, Dan. I'll let you go, mate. Uh, before the line drops out altogether, and we don't want any more dramas. If uh, if Lex finds out the Ghost of Time is scratched as well out of race eight, all hell could break break loose there. So we don't want to let that that cat out of the bag, so to speak. Which oh, might... definitely not the cat out of the bag. I assure you. Keep the cat in the bag. Yeah, very good, mate. <laughs> Enjoy the night tonight, mate, and I look forward to catching up with you at the trot sometime somewhere soon where we can uh, take this up further privately. Yeah, look, <laughs> look forward to it, Toby. You've been a lot of fun. All the best over the weekend. Good on you, Dan. There's our great mate, Dan Malecki, a legend of harness racing, a man I've uh, secretly admired for so long, actually, and it's a bit bizarre when you're working with these people that uh, – you know, that are almost heroes of yours is growing up, uh, people you sort of, uh, yeah, looked up to all your life. Next thing you know, you're doing radio shows with them. Let's get our final break away. Big afternoon still to come. It's Cam Luke and Campbell Brown for your trackside this afternoon, plus a little bit in between. That is a wrap on the Friday form panel. Been a big week of Trot's life this week. Thanks to all the guests and all the contributors uh, across the entire week. Uh, I think programming resumes uh, back to usual for next week. It's Road to the Trilogy, is it? With Gareth Hall uh, coming up at 12 o'clock. I don't even know what the trilogy is. It might be uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, could be uh, Star Wars. I'm not really sure what the trilogy is. I'll have to listen in and find out. Gareth Hall can educate me over the next hour or so. Have a great weekend. If I see you at the trots, come and say g'day. And uh, we'll be back next week. Usual programming. Steve Cleave, Jason Bonington on Monday. We'll do a retrospective review. Have a great afternoon. Happy birthday to Geraldine.